Welcome to this Bishop, excuse me, Bishop Sheen, oh my goodness, to the Terry and Jesse <laughs> show. Matthew Arnold, it's Monday morning and I I don't even drink coffee, but maybe I should, huh? I'm all mixed up. <laughs> Matt, thanks for joining us today, filling in for Jess Romero, the Terry and Jesse show. Uh, we're going to have a special show because we're going to be talking about Our Lady of Good Success and how it ties into our world today in 2023. Uh, we're also going to ask your prayers for the Bishop of Puerto Rico. A year ago, he was removed from the Vatican after opposing vaccine mandates, telling scandalized Catholics to pray and trust. I thought, man, that man has more faith than, than me. I, got, I mean, I'm just saying that, that, that's really powerful after a year. He can, he's been making reparation. He's praying for the church. It's a great good-to-know thing. We'll talk about that. Also, um, we're going to talk about, for your good-to-know file, uh, Matt, are, are you surprised since 2020, over 300 Catholic churches have been hit with destructive acts of vandalism since the spring of 2020? I was shocked, okay? I knew there yeah, were that's, many. that's a pretty high number. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. So we're under persecution, so we got to keep praying. I, I love the attitude of so many of us that just say, you know what? We're just going to pray for Holy Mother Church. I'm going to live a holy life, and that's pretty much what I can do in my family. So right. what a great attitude. Also, for the good-to-know file, German Cardinal Mueller, former prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, has called for a formal trial of his fellow German bishops, you know, 38 of them, who voted— uh, to uh, oppose Catholic doctrine. And I thought, well, I don't know how how uh, canon law works. I'm not a canon lawyer, Matt. But uh, mm-hmm. it seems to me that if they don't uh, stop this that's going on in Germany, that it will spread its errors throughout the church. So the Holy See does need to step up to the plate and a, and, a, and a basically call these bishops out and say, look, step down if you're not willing to teach the perennial teaching. So I applaud mm-hmm. the Cardinal Gerhard Mueller. Thank you very much, Cardinal Mueller. Also, um, before we get to the, the gospel, I wanted to just say how crazy the world is. Uh, and I, I'm just going to bring this up real quick. And that is a Utah school giving extra credit to kids who eat bugs as part of climate change. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was laughable. But you see... It is. It's absurd. It is absurd, but this is what we're dealing with. And that's why... We try to go back to the fundamentals of the Catholic faith constantly because some of the things that you're almost not even willing, you're not even going to respond and say, are you serious? Let's go back to the meaning and purpose of life and get that straight. All right. Well, let's get some uh, soul food, Matthew. This is gospel, the Gospel of John. This isn't the reading for St. Joseph's Feast Day, everybody. Because it fell on Sunday the 19th, the church allows us on the 20th, like we had the Latin Mass here this morning, uh, for the Feast of St. Joseph. And we'll talk about him, but I thought this reading uh, from John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54, has something to tell us in that's, a special that is, way. That's so liturgically incorrect of you. I know, and I'm not usually <laughs> liturgically incorrect. So there you go. Let's do it, Matt. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want me to read the Gospel I, I this morning? Like I will be happy to do like that. I would like to ask you to do that. Yes, sir. It's. Uh, hang on. We're going to John 4. John 4, chapter 43. To 54. If it's not, if it's, I, I got it right here. John I, four. Matt, when I'm in your presence, nobody else can read like you. Let's do it. <laughs> happy to. Actually, I'm going to read from the uh, the New Catholic Bible version yeah. of it. All right. It's yeah, very much like the new NAB that yeah. they use at Mass, but a little, uh, yeah. it's a little more formal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the two days were over, Jesus departed for Galilee. 
he himself had declared that a prophet is not treated with honor in his own hometown. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, since they had seen all he had done in Jerusalem during the feast, having been at the feast themselves. Mm -hmm. He went again to Cana in Galilee, where he had changed the water into wine. At Capernaum, there was a royal official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and pleaded that he come and heal his son who was near death. Jesus said to him, unless you witness signs and wonders, you will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, return home, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and he departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him saying that his child was going to live. He asked him at what time the boy had begun to recover. And they told him the fever left him yesterday at one o'clock in the afternoon. Then the father realized that was the exact hour at which Jesus had assured him, your son will live. And he and his entire household came to believe. This was the second sign that Jesus performed after returning from Judea into Galilee. Wow, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Matthew, that it, what, what really came to my mind was that gospel came alive to me and with my friend Fidel 30 years ago when his daughter was dying of leukemia. She was three months old. Hmm. The doctors gave her no hope. And uh, he took the little baby, his daughter, to a very uh, holy priest, Father Aloysius, who passed away back in 1981. So this was like in the 70s. And uh, Father uh, was recovering from open heart surgery, and he just said to Fidel, when Fidel came to the house, your daughter will be healed. Go back, Fidel. God has blessed you. And wow. he applied that gospel from today to what Father did because his daughter was healed, and she actually became a Catholic nun uh, here. She's in West Covina here, uh, and I know her from when she was a baby. So, I mean, that that gospel came alive to me. But there's another point of that gospel that hit me real quickly, uh, and that is that the gospel is not going to be liked by anyone on this hmm. planet. In other words, it's going to go against the grade. <clears throat> and so I want to just say that if we ever see anybody in the church going along with the, the grade of the world, the view, like, for example, on homosexuality, know that's not coming from God. Know that, right. that, that we are going to teach something that the world will reject, and that's one of the characteristics of knowing if you're on right track, if the world hates you for what you teach and what you right. believe. That's so, what our Lord said. If, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. So we're an awfully good company. Absolutely. Now I'm just going to bring something up about St. Joseph, who's our patron. Uh, and this, uh, like I said, we're celebrating it on the 20th because of how it fell on the, feet, on the uh, calendar. Now, St. Joseph, uh, let's just be honest. The interesting thing is in... The year, the early 60s, we had a situation come up where St. Joseph, are you ready for this, was put into the Roman canon. And this shocked a lot of people, Matt, as you know, for 1,500 sure. years, man. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Roman canon was just considered <laughs> untouchable. Right. It was untouchable. But St. John Paul II devoted to a, the uh, an apostolic exhortation of St. Joseph back in 1989. So we have Holy Fathers in our recent history who have really shown that uh, we do need to have uh, a devotion to St. Joseph. Cause, hey, Terry? Yeah. I, I, I would mention not just, you know, John the Twenty Third added him to the canon. Yeah. Um, Tell me. John Paul II, as you say, in 18, or, uh, 1989. 1989, yeah. With, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, um, 
They, but his document about St. Joseph. Kedoshis, yeah. Kedoshis. Yeah, Redemptorus Custodus, right? Yep. The guardian of the Redeemer. That's right. But it was uh, it was actually another modern pope, Pius X, is the one who named St. Joseph the universal patron of yep, the church. That's correct. So really, the 20th century has a, has a real Good point, uh, legacy of St. Joseph. And, you know, St. Joseph points us all towards the intimacy, you know, of being the father of uh, of, Saint, of of our Lord and also the the husband for the Blessed Mother. He demonstrates mm-hmm. the value of work, which makes us co-redeemers, co-creators with God, giving his trade to Jesus so that he rightly is called the carpenter's son. St. John Paul II said this, and I like this. Work was the daily expression of love in the home of Nazareth. So how do we apply that you, Matt? You're working. What? Mm-hmm. But you're sanctifying the temporal order with your work. Oh, yeah, by all means. That uh, that needs to be uh, something that we all recognize. Yeah. You know, when, when especially when you're kicking about work. Right. <laughs> to remember that it has a real value. Much you know, Like any other kind of suffering. Yep. I mean, work... Uh, our good uh, God Himself said that you know That's right. to Adam that He was going to bring forth uh, His crop from the, you know right. uh, He's going to fight weeds and bracken and with the sweat of His brow. I agree. Hey, so let's just part of the human condition. Exactly. Let's bring the Bishop Sheen's uh, uh, full Sheen ahead. You know, Bishop Sheen and Cardinal Seral have been joining each other for these little conversations in the last couple <laughs> of weeks a lot because I think two birds of the feather flock together, and mm-hmm. they, and and this is what Cardinal Seral said. How is it? comprehensible that Catholic pastors should put doctrine to a vote. The law Mm. of God and the church teachings on homosexuality, on divorce and remarriage, as though now, from now on, the word of God and the magisterium had to be sanctioned and approved by a majority of vote. You know, I could just hear Bishop Sheen going, uh, yeah, we had that problem, you know, 60 years ago. It wasn't as prominent but I, I talked about that, and you're right. We need to get back to the inerrant scriptures, the inerrancy of scripture, and show that God's word supersedes any any popular vote. And uh, yeah, so Bishop Sheen and Cardinal Seurat were spot on. Matt, before we get to the break, I just want to set something up because we're going to talk sure. about the spiritual life. The Treasury Secretary Yelton says that not all uninsured deposits will be protected in the future bank failures because we all know about these bank failures here's the Mm -hmm. bottom line matt our money will we can't take it with us Uh, we see the stock market (laughs) falling apart okay but what we can take is our catholic faith because our soul lives forever and our lady has been coming to us for centuries with a very consistent teaching about following her son and i want to talk when we come back from the break about Our Lady of Good Success and how that message applies to us today in the twenty in the twenty first century. What? Yes. Stay with us, family. I'm just gonna say yes. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, yes, I'd be a billionaire. And not talking about dollars. I'm talking about my spiritual billionaires of getting to heaven, and that's our goal. We'll be right back. Stay with us, family. Here on the. Virgin, most powerful radio, Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess Romero. And I consider Matthew an expert on Our Lady of Good Success because he's been there. Uh, he's been studying it for years. And Matt, um, I'm 
really concerned that Our Lady has been very adamant about teaching us about her son and our love for Jesus and his church and getting to heaven. Uh, why is the devotion to Our Lady of Good Success relevant for, I say, for our time, which, let's be honest, there's a crisis in our church, and not only in the church, but in the world. So where's um, the connection? Amen. Well, you know, uh, like you say, Terry, I've been, I've been traveling throughout the English-speaking world yeah. uh, for 15 years. I mean, right. not just North America, but I mean, I've been yeah. to, Europe, uh, well, Europe and England and, and uh, Australia, uh-huh. uh, pretty much audiences that speak English, even in South America. Yeah. Um, talking about Our Lady of Good Success. And you say there's a crisis in the church. Every well-informed Catholic knows uh, that this is the case. And Our Lady predicted 400 years ago that especially in the second half of the 20th century, there would be this great crisis of faith and morals. And and I can, you know, we don't have time today, but I can demonstrate that from 1965, right from the day the council closed to the year 2000, the end of the century, you you can demonstrate this precipitous decline in every measurable standard, whether it's mass attendance or catechesis or vocations or whatever, that it's all in this, you know, spiral. And and full disclosure, too, a lot of traditionalist Catholics are devoted to Our Lady Good Success. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I should say that Our Lady Good Success is not a traditionalist devotion. Right. Okay. It was first approved by a bishop in 1611. Okay. But, you know, in modern times, the, the, there's a miraculous statue of Our Lady Good Success that was given a canonical coronation by the bishop in 1991. The Royal Convent of the Immaculate Conception uh, was made an archdiocesan Marian sanctuary, also in the 1990s. Right. Um, the year 2010 through 2011 was proclaimed the year of Our Lady of Good Success. And, mm-hmm. you know, the bishop there celebrated the special 400th anniversary mass. He wow. celebrated the mass uh, uh, on her feast day when I went back in 2017. Wow. Just, you know, just a few years ago. Yeah. So it's as approved and as mainstream as it can get. Okay, that's my point. Right. And, and uh, you know, it started in Spain. But, but her uh, title in Quito is La Nuestra Señora del Buen Suceso de la Purificación. What's translated? <laughs> <laughs> well, in English, that would be Our Lady uh, um, of Good Success of the Purification. Ah. Right? Good success. In Spanish, suceso is really probably better translated event, yeah. the great event of the purification. Now, what does this have to do with us? That's right. What about, According, yeah, exactly. That's my you know, question right now. What were some, you know, go ahead, hit, hit it, because that's what. Well, you know, not only did she say all these things about what was going to happen, yeah. that, you know, that uh, that the sacraments would be profaned, mm-hmm. that there would be a, a, a crisis in the clergy, yeah. that, you know, vocations would, all, all the things that we know, but it's. According to the conception of sisters down there, it's her role as co-redemptrix, okay? That didn't start at the foot of the cross, but at the moment of the presentation. Right. Right? She's, she's offering her divine son and herself to God in the temple. Got it. As, as co-redemptrix, right? Yep. A- and, so she, and so that's the greatest sacrifice that ever took place in the temple at Jerusalem, okay? Yep. When you think, when you think about it. And the, the scriptures, as Scott Hahn has pointed out, they mentioned the doves, right, that sacrifice of the poor, but not the two shekels of redemption money. Right. Why? Because uh, the Blessed Virgin and Holy St. Joseph did not redeem Christ. They, they gave him over to God. Right. And so this devotion is not only to Mary as co-redemptrix, which is being challenged right now, mm-hmm. even by some in the church, but a devotion to pray for vocation. Because think about it. The, the graces that Christ won on the Holy Cross are primarily communicated to the world through the sacraments. And without the priesthood, though, those channels of grace are shut off. Amen. 
And she predicted the clergy scandal. She said, I got, I got the quote here someplace, that these depraved priests, all right, talking about the— uh, This is incredible. Uh, talking about that, that uh, the, the abuse scandal. Yeah. What, what she said that they would uh, cause opprobrium to fall upon all priests. Wow. And, of course, and we, you know, we've seen that happen. So it, it's really important also. But the other big thing is uh, um, the scandal of the sins of the flesh. And Terry, I got to tell you, I mean, it's like um, even in 1917, right? Our Lady of Fatima, what did she say was, was the, the thing sending most people to hell? Sins of the flesh. Right, sins of the flesh. Uh, Our Lady said that it would, uh, the um, impurity in our time would be like a filthy ocean that touched everything. Wow, wow. Everything, even, even, the, even the church. Yeah. Right? And, and that's so important to understand, you know? It, she said that there would almost be no um, uh, modesty in women or innocence in children. And again, it. and you know, if you want to look, and she said there'd be no, almost no virgin souls, and I think that relates to vocations to the religious life yes. among women, because as, as we know, has just you know plummeted. Yes. And also, as far as the attack on the innocence of children, I've been talking about this for years. You know, children's entertainment and how you know sexually innuendo and yeah. the attack on fatherhood, all that stuff. But but I mean, today, Terry, um, you know, you want to exhibit a? How about uh, how about uh, um, drag queen story hour? Okay. Can we figure that the innocence of children just might be under attack here? You know, I mean, that's that's the that's the smoking gun, and all of these things that she predicted 400 years ago are happening today. I would also add the issue of pornography. Uh, mm -hmm. I know that you go back to the Greeks. I get all that, but it wasn't really, in my humble opinion, reading what I've read till the 20th century when pornography just became rampant with the uh, elevation of uh, the TV. Uh, movies, right. Um, right. you know, uh, so that to me, had, I mean, we, we, the statistic I have, Matt, in America, we have 330 million people, one out of three, 110 million of them have sexually transmitted diseases. Ouch. That tells me we're out of control regarding our sexuality with a biblical worldview. It is obvious that, that pornography and all these immoral things that are going on with pornography has infiltrated the family, the clergy, the whole world. Right. Well, and that's that's something that somebody brought up to me actually years ago, mm -hmm. uh, and and this is before the advent of the smartphone. I mean, today again, the innocence of children. They say that. Um, well, I've mentioned this a million times, but I will again. When I was a kid, yeah, a boy, yeah. you know, um, I my access to pornography is I didn't have any. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had no access to pornography uh, at all. But today, the average kid is uh, um, exposed to hardcore pornography, which didn't even exist when we were kids, Right. at the age of between 9 and 11. Horrible. You know, because of the smartphone. Yes. And But even before then, it was already becoming a crisis, uh, a vocational crisis, that there were virtually no young men who hadn't been influenced by pornography. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a huge, we talk about no virgin souls, that's a huge issue. I'm just I'm stunned by what you're saying, and I'll tell you why. It, it seems to me, and when we when we come back from the break, I want to uh, talk about how Our Lady's apparitions and other apparitions are tied together by one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This is interesting, but I want to also remind people if they ever want you to come to their parish or to their event to speak on Our Lady of Good, Good Success, how could they do that, Matt? 
Well, easiest way is to contact me directly via email, matt at matthewarnold.org. Hard to forget that one. If you can remember my name, you know how to get in touch with me. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that would be good. And Matt, also, I want to give a plug. You have a, for those who are on radio uh, around the country, Matt has a a weekly show here on Virgin Most Powerful. I, I sometimes forget to give that a good plug. Could you talk about what you do here at Virgin Most Powerful? Absolutely. Every Wednesday, uh, we do a program live uh, from one o'clock or from noon to one o'clock, rather, mm-hmm. uh, Pacific time. It's called No Nonsense Catholic. And Terry, I've maintained for years that uh, a traditional Catholic is not necessarily someone who only goes to the traditional Latin mass, right. but one who can say the act of faith and really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. It's like apologies to Jeff Foxworthy. If you can say the act of faith, you might just be a traditional Catholic. Okay. Right. Uh, and and so that's but traditionalists and traditional. I mean, those terms are so loaded now. That's why I came up with the idea of no nonsense Catholic because because that's where I'm at. I'm Terry. I'm just tired of the nonsense. Yeah. Well, Matt. You... And and I think that it's time to cut through the nonsense and to talk plainly. That's why you mentioned in the first uh, segment about Cardinal Mueller. God bless him yeah. for speaking plainly. Right. Right. Well, Matt, continue on the show because we got another minute and a half. Because one of the things I like about your no nonsense Catholic is that you do take the issues of the day, and you have a world biblical view of common sense also added to the world biblical view. So you take on things that the world is saying, and give you give it a historical perspective through history, through art. And I mean, it really makes a lot of sense. But I think Catholics who would listen to that show will learn a lot from the history of the church also, because you do talk a lot about history. Well, I do, and especially uh, history within the church, you know, devotional history, liturgical history, because these various things that are coming up now, uh, they're not new, Terry. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, nothing new under uh, the sun. We, we, that's right. Solomon said that, what, like 4,000 years ago. Yep, yep. So I think I think that uh, that we can take that as a given, that, um, that we don't need—and and I'm sorry— that, Modern man isn't some new species of being, okay? I don't. Modern man. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said something. He said that the, the the path of history is strewn with dead moderns. Yeah. Because every man is a modern man in his own day. Right. You know, and and modernity. Now it is. So we'll talk about this when we come back. Because you asked about the uh, about the 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 thread that ties these various apparitions together. That's right. And I think, and Bishop Sheen is the one who put his finger on it, not surprisingly, no, and, uh, yeah. back in the 1950s. And if I might give a little plug to a book by Bishop Sheen on Our Lady, The World's First Love. Um, great book. We do have it on audio if people want to get it, but you can get that book from Ignatius Press. To me, uh, I've had many people tell me that that's the best book they read regarding Our Blessed Mother. So if you're looking for a book to understand the role of Mary, I would recommend, even higher than encyclicals, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> the world's first love, in my opinion, is the best when it comes to sharing Mary's role in salvific work. So yeah, I just got Yeah, and that's, that's that. a great book. You know, another one is Mary, Our Hope oh, by Father Lavosic. That's a great book. Just because he goes through all of the church's feasts yeah. and explains, uh, you know, um, the, the role of Mary in our lives through the liturgical and and because we have a, a tendency to forget that it's we're talking about flesh and blood people we're talking about salvation history yes you know you, you can put you can look at this through gauze and you know get kind of this hazy picture of it but it's it's you know there's a very clear reality behind it that that we you know ignore at our own peril 
And Matt, I'm going to say something because you weren't a, you're a convert to the faith that might offend somebody, but it's true. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm never worried about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. One of the saints has said that if you don't have a devotion to the Blessed Mother, and you have to understand this in context, then you really don't love Jesus Christ. Mm. What? Well, yeah. That means- well, I, yeah, of course, it's devotion to the Blessed Virgin that's responsible for my conversion. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, was, it was the intercession of my own beloved wife and yes. the Blessed Virgin. Yes. Uh, that that really, that's the reason that I'm Catholic today. And I even did a show, you talking about the historical aspect, saying that Marian devotion is, in fact, necessary. Absolutely. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Matt Arnold visit, uh, filling in for Jess today. When we come back, we want to tie in... Our Lady of Good Success apparitions to other apparitions that Our Lady has come over the centuries. Stay with us, family. You're listening to Terry and Jesse on Virgin Most Powerful. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jesse Romero. We're talking about Our Lady of Good Success. Really, we're talking about the Blessed Mother, the Mother of Jesus Christ, and she, her love for us is so strong. She appears throughout history, giving us a very consistent theme about repent and believe in the gospel. But Matt, how does Our Lady of Good Success compare to the other apparitions of Our Lady? Okay, take a deep breath and I'm, buckle your seatbelt, all right? I'm ready. <clears throat> I'll, I'll start in, in the 20th century with Our Lady of Fatima. She made several requests, and she said if those requests were not satisfied, that Russia would spread her errors to the world. Yeah, GBS. Oh, boy. Right. Now, most people assume that's communism, but it's really maybe more complex than that. Mm-hmm. And here's what Bishop Sheen said yeah. about Our Lady of Fatima. Mm-hmm. He said that the mer- errors of the modern age can be traced to three books. Darwin's On the Origin of the Species, John Stuart Mills's On Liberty, and Karl Marx is a contribution to the critique of political economy. Those three books, which coincidentally were all published in 1858, summarize the errors of the modern age. It says this, they announced uh, modern man's independence from God. So Darwin says, we're not divinely created. We evolved from mere matter. Mm-hmm. Mill says, there's no higher authority to which we must answer. Freedom is licensed. The only laws are those that we choose to make. And then Marx, of course, taught that men and history are driven by economics and politics, not by God or religion or anything spiritual, which doesn't even exist. Yep. Right. So she points out that basically what they said in those books of 1858 is that all men are immaculately conceived. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> there's no divine creation. There's no fall, no right. fall, no original sin. Uh, if there's no original sin, then we're all free to be whatever we want to be. Oh, yeah. Sounds OK. Yep. Answerable to nobody and yep. in no me, need of me, myself authority. and I. That's right. Well. God's response to those errors, according to Bishop Sheen, took place that same year, 1858, at Lourdes. Mary appeared from heaven, shut down all those errors. And he points out at the very moment the world was denying original sin, the Blessed Mother claimed that prerogative entirely as her own. She alone was immaculately conceived. The rest of us are born in original sin. Her very appearance proves that there's more than matter, that there is a God, that, that we were born in original sin, so we owe obedience at, not only to God, but reparations for the sins we committed against him. Sure. Every error contained in those evil books, he says, was contradicted in those five words, I am the Immaculate Conception. Wow. Subsequently, you know, and, and then, you know, we see what happened 
After that, all of the errors of Russia, atheism, socialism, rationalism, communism, all the rest, they were all condemned by Pope Pius IX in Contra Cura and then spelled out in the syllabus of errors in 1864. All of that happened long before 1917. It, it kind of right. just jump in and say, Our Lady of Lourdes in 1858, I am the Immaculate Conception. See, this is really consistent where Fulton Sheen is going. Uh, I, I, now, Matthew, when we talk about sin, I also remember the Holy Father saying the worst thing isn't sin, it's the denial of sin. That's right. And we're so we're on right. it. Keep going because I'm, I'm following this. This is fascinating. All right. Well, how does this tie in with Our Lady of Good Success? Yeah. Well, uh, a quick history, quick timeline. That title, the earliest um, uh, mention of the title Our Lady of Good Success that I can find yeah. goes back to the 11th century. Wow. After a victory uh, <laughs> of uh, Don Rodrigo Diaz de Vivar, better known as El Cid. Yeah, El okay? Cid. I like in, that. In the, in the 11th century. Uh, and that was right at the time, at the beginning of the, the controversy in the church over the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. Isn't that interesting? Right. And that was settled primarily by uh, the Franciscan, John Duns Scotus, yes. in the 1300s. Then later, a couple hundred years after that, 1511, five years before Luther tacked up the 95 Theses, the Franciscan Order of the Immaculate Conception, also known as the Conceptionists, was founded in Spain. Isn't okay. That interesting? So prior to the, the Reformation, then in from 1594 to 1640, Our Lady of Good Success appeared to a conceptionist sister at the Royal Convent of the Immaculate Conception in Ecuador, right, uh, in South America. Right. And during that time, from 1620 to 1623, another conceptionist sister, who you know very well, Venerable Mary of Agreda, of course, appeared via biolocation to the indigenous people of North America. Incredible. Okay, and then in 1846, nearly a decade before he appeared at Lourdes, by <laughs> yeah, the way, that's right. United States bishops named the Immaculate Conception the official patroness of the United States. Fascinating. Okay, and then in the 1950s, she appeared um, in her first appearance to Sister Mary Noisel. Our Lady of America appeared to her the same way she appeared to Bernadette as the Immaculate Conception. Incredible. At the time when the bishops were building the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception. So <laughs> all of this, you know, it all, it all ties fit. into the Immaculate Conception. Why? Because wherever, you know, whatever title Our Mary, uh, Our Lady appears under, yeah. is, is she's still the same Mary. That's right. Right? Still the same lady. All of her messages, and especially those to Mother Mariana, to the separate children of Fatima, to Sister Mary Noisel, are all calls to imitate her purity. Yeah. You said in 1917, Our Lady Fatima said, more souls are going to hell for sins of the flesh than any other. That would, Terry, 1917? Yeah, unbelievable. Right? Because God foreknew that the errors, those errors of Russia, which Mary exposed by confirming her Immaculate Conception, would culminate in an explosion of sins of the flesh. Yeah. Why? You know what? Communism has been an awfully hard sell in this country. Yeah. But sexual license. Oh, easy is an easy sell to the point that human sexuality itself is now being called into question. Like I said, if you're looking for diabolical dissertation, like Our Lady Fatima said, look no further than men claiming to be women and vice versa. You know, Matt, I think about Genesis 3.15. There it is. <laughs> and the connection about the battle, it goes way back to the beginning, doesn't it? That's right. Our Lady of Good Success. And by the way, I mean, she talked about all these terrible things that were going to happen. She also prophesied that there would be a, a marvelous restoration of the church. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> you know, when she, she said, and boy, this is, if you want something to keep you up at night, yeah. she said when all things would seem lost and paralyzed. Uh, we're at that. I, uh, I'm sorry. We're man. getting awful close. <laughs> getting close <laughs> but she said, and the nice thing is that she said, that will mark the arrival of my hour when I 
will crush the proud Satan under my feet. We've read the 3.15 Genesis. And that's exactly right. And how does she do that, right? It's Our Lady says yes to the angel Gabriel. She gives birth to the Messiah. He, his sacrifice on the Holy Cross with her standing right there and him giving her to us as our mother, as his parting gift before, you know, he, he uh, gives up the ghost. All of that, you know, is, is uh, t- together, you know, Genesis 3.15 was classically translated, I'll put enmity between, t- Jesus talking to Satan, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman. Yeah between thy seed and her seed, she shall crush thy head, and thou shalt lie in wait. Now the Protestants came along and said, no, no, not she, he. Mm-hmm. Right? And they claimed that the, that the Hebrew is ambiguous. It's not ambiguous, it says she, but the crushing their head is in the masculine. So it's like, well, wait a second, that doesn't match up. Right. But we understand that it's because it's not just Mary, it's Mary and Jesus, it's just Mary and the seed. It's not either or, it's both and, like so many Catholic things. Absolutely. And you know, Matt, on the practical level, this is all beautiful, but how are we to imitate Mary and her feet? Yeah, no, go ahead. I'm throwing you a softball right now. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you something. (laughs) Um, Again, we don't need to see any more proof. You talked about the German synodal way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, it's like that it's infiltrated. uh, That that filthy ocean is touching the church itself the way she said it would. Yep. But... Again, what's what's the common theme? What does she say in at Lords? Pray the Rosary. Yep. What she say in the 13th century? Pray the Rosary. Yep. What she say at Fatima? Pray the <laughs> Rosary. <laughs> what she say to 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 Mother Mariana? The Rosary is the golden chain that unites earth and heaven. Okay. Wow. So, uh, and then she specifically said, and again, 400 years ago. So, so really, before all this stuff got rolling, right? When it was when the seeds were being sown. Mm-hmm with the Protestant Reformation, and even before the Enlightenment. Right. She's saying, look, this is all going to happen. And every one of these things, and she didn't just talk about the, the 20 and 21st century. She talked about things that were going to happen in Ecuador in, you know, because of the Enlightenment, because of the Masonic revolutions of the 19th century, wow. uh, the rise of egalitarianism that would precede socialism and all of that. Okay. It's, it's, it, every one of these things, you notice in my timeline, they all happened before the events. Yeah. Right. That Mary is there. She's warning us. She's going, look, it's going to happen. So this is what you need to do. And what do we need to do? Be devoted to her. Yeah. That's the answer. She said that devotion to me, two things. Number one, it will be a great comfort. Because, you know, we understand if you're devoted to Mary, you understand that all of the bad things that are happening, it's not the end. Right. It's not the end of the world. Even there's going to be a marvelous restoration in the church that we, I, God, Please, God, I'll live to see it. Yeah, I hope so, Matt. No. I want to mention that in the next segment, uh, we you know we talked about the rosary, action items of what we can do to implement Our Lady of Good Success, and also Our Lady in general, her principles, the rosary and family rosaries. And you remember Father Peyton used to go around the country in the I 50s mean. and 70s, the family that prays together stays together. And I know that our families that are listening to the show, we have not uh, dealt well with the culture right now, we have lots of issues in our families. And, you know, whether it's divorce, whether it's kids that are away from the faith, I want to talk about how Our Lady of Good Success, and specifically, you know, Our Lady and devotion to her will bring us to Christ. So we always say it's a, a Christ-centered devotion, and you don't have a right devotion to Our Lady. And, I, and again, Matt, these are action items that mom and dad can do, and especially... I, I really like uh, the role Our Lady 
even in Scripture, especially in Scripture, when, you know, the wedding feast of Cana or the Annunciation and how we can actually emulate her. Someone says, wait a minute, she's the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) But, but, but I get that. But you know what? She was the first Christian. Think about that. She was the gateway to bringing Christ to us 2,000 years ago. So right. I, before, I look... Before, before the sacrifice of the Mass yes. was offered in the upper room, she offered Christ himself in the temple. What a thought. Can you say that one more yeah. time? I like that. Even before Christ instituted the Holy Sacrifice at the Mass at the Last Supper, the Blessed Virgin offered Christ himself in the temple of Jerusalem. Wow, the first evangelist, the follower of Jesus Christ, was his mother. And, Amen. And to think that God designed from all eternity to come through Mary, does it make sense that we go back to Mary? Well, I, I kind of think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the smartest guy on the block, but but I can see that I need to follow her role, and that is in giving us Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back on the break. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold setting in for Jesse. Jesse will be back tomorrow. And we are just so blessed to be here because we get to share the gospel. That's the role of Virgin Most Powerful, helping people get to heaven. And we couldn't think of a better role than Our Lady, especially Our Lady of Good Success. That's what we're talking about. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. I have a big grin on my face because I'm joyful to be able to talk about our Catholic faith. Yeah, it is really an honor to be in your home, your radio, your, your, your car, to share the gospel. Matt, before I get into Our Lady of Good Successes action items, about a month or two ago, Charles Cologne, who I've known since he was a teenager, has been, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I go way back to the early 70s when I first met him. Never Ending Struggle is the name of the show that he's doing for Virgin Most Powerful. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Because I think that's gold in that show. Well, you know, I agree. And Charles and I have something in common in that we were born around the same time. I'm a little older than him by a few months. And we both grew up in greater Los Angeles. So we have we have a lot in common, a lot of our childhood in common. But uh, also in common, we have a great love of history and especially how history relates to the faith and the way we live the faith. And, you know, Charles, I started listening to his stuff back in, I think, about 1998. Wow. Uh, a couple of years after I converted, I discovered him and just fell in love with it. And and uh, his show, like mine, um, are available as a podcast. Mm hmm. So you don't have to listen. His show will be live today uh, at uh, 12 o'clock from 12 right. to 1, right? Uh, as, as mine is on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't have to listen to it live. You can listen at any time on demand. So you can go to vmpr.org, Virgin Most Powerful Radio website, vmpr.org, and you click on our shows, and they're all archived there. And you can watch them in uh, the video version on Rumble, or you can... Listen, virtually any of the major podcast platforms or all the podcast platforms, as far as I know, were represented there. So, you know, if you have a favorite one, you just look for, you know, the shows there and and you'll find them. And uh, and today he's going to be talking about something that really uh, is something near and dear to my heart, which is the nine worthies. Mm. Right. And if you have no if if you're going, what the heck is the nine worthies? Uh, It it goes back to medieval chivalry. 
that these were nine men that were held up as paragons of the virtues of chivalry, three pagan, three Jewish, and three Christian. Wow. So it's it's Hector of Troy, Alexander the Great, and Julius Caesar are the pagans, uh, Joshua, King David, and Judas Maccabeus are the Jews, and then the three Christians, wow. King Arthur, Charlemagne, and Godfrey of Bion, Godfrey of Bion, who was the leader of the First Crusade. Uh, when when they retook the Jerusalem, when the Crusaders retook Jerusalem, they wanted to make him king, king of Jerusalem, and he refused, and he said that he would be there, he would stay under the title protector of the Holy Sepulchre, that he refused the title king because he said, I will not wear a crown of gold in the city where my savior wore a crown of thorns. Wow, right. what a great yeah, So, But here's the thing, though. Yeah. It's not just these Christians, but, but pagans and Jews. Alexander is on there, Alexander the Great, who, who conquered the world, but he was a deeply flawed man. Yeah. He killed his best friend in a, in a, in a fit of anger. Okay? And, and this is a note for people, you know, those people who want to tear down statues, that admiration is not worship. You know, that, that these men, we're, not held, we're holding them up as exemplars, not because they're perfect, they're not saints, but because they have certain qualities that are worthy of admiration and because their achievements deserve our gratitude. Amen. And I, I, I suspect that he will be making that point and, and much better than I just did. Yeah. But uh, do yourself a favor. If you're interested at all in, in Catholicism and its place in, in history and throughout history and understanding how we got to where we are today, I, I can't do more than highly recommend listening to The Never-Ending Struggle here on VMPR. And I might add, he's lectured at Cambridge. I mean, he's well-known all over the world. For us to get him on vmpr.org website and his programming is a real blessing. And I, yes, you, know, it you, is. you know, Matt, you think about school teachers and people who, who lecture, there's just a handful of them that I can still remember who are really, you know, influential in my life. But he's mm-hmm. he's got that gift of telling stories about history that make yes. him come alive. Am I honest? Yes, he is, he's a rock and tour, we would yeah. call that. Yeah, he's... he's and he's on and, next, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'll, that that show is right, right following this one. So if you're listening on on a radio, you know, uh, make sure to to head over to your favorite podcast platform, uh, either right now or or you know in in the very near yeah. future, and and listen to those shows and and you can binge them. You can listen to all of them. Yep, it's the great thing about podcasts. Yeah, vmpr.org. We got a free uh, app also that we'd love to have you use our app because we have all kinds of benefits on that app. Matthew, mm-hmm. in the few minutes that we have left about Our Lady, bringing back to Our Lady of Good Success, obviously we talked about the rosary she, in all the apparitions, the family rosary, the, the family that prays together, stays together. What other recommendations would you personally give mom and dad who are listening in following Our Lady of Good Success and generally Our Lady's message of hope? Having been Catholic now for you know more than a quarter of a century, uh, it has, and traveling around the world and speaking to devout Catholics, um, you know, I, and even just speaking about Our Lady of Good Success, you know, I've spoken like to the, 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 uh, Military Association of Catholic Women in Germany, huge retreat they have there mm-hmm. and hundreds and hundreds of women. I've spoken at national conferences where there are thousands of people in the audience. I've spoken in church basements where maybe 13 people show up. Been there. Yep. Right. And it doesn't matter because I know that Our Lady's making sure that the people who need to hear it are, are going to be there. Right. And the one thing that has really impressed me What's about that? all these people mm-hmm. is that they, they exhibit three qualities. And these are the three things that, that Our Lady talked about uh, in Quito and that have just proven to be 
the the way to be Catholic, stay Catholic. Number one is devotion to our Lord Jesus, of course, especially in the Blessed Sacrament. Amen. Fidelity to the teaching of the Church. Amen. Okay, you don't don't pick and choose. It's it's it's, it's all or nothing on on this one. Mm. And then finally, devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and especially the Most Holy Rosary. Praying praying the Rosary is it keeps people on the straight and narrow. And and how could it not to to ask for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin, who is the most powerful intercession with her divine son the, amongst all the saints, right. queen of saints, queen of angels, uh, the, the person, you know, there's no one, I think Father Faber said that there's no one, no person who is either higher or lower than Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Only the persons of the Blessed Trinity are higher. Yeah. Everyone else is beneath her. Right. All of creation, the angels as well as as human beings. So she's this powerful intercessor. And then to pray those prayers of intercession while you mentally contemplate the life of uh, Jesus and Mary. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and especially the sorrowful mysteries at this time of year during Lent, there, mm -hmm. there is no more efficacious devotion. That and the Stations of the Cross, you know, keeping you close to our Lord. And that's her whole purpose, mm -hmm. right? It was Bernard of Clairvaux that said that, that Christ came to us through Mary, and he wants us to come to him the same way. Makes sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And— you know that I wasn't going to be able to get through well, an hour without, without mentioning well, Bernard of Clairvaux, well, right? I was expecting that. Are you kidding me? I'd be, we'd be disappointed. Yeah. Matt, you so, know, the, uh, the bottom so line— Anyway, those are the big three. Yeah. And devotion to her, she said, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a, a great consolation because, again, all the devotions to Mary are devotions to the same Mary. Yeah. And I would encourage consecration to Our Lady, whether it's St. Louis de Montfort or St. Maximilian Colby, uh, because— or Michael Gately's 33 um, Days to Morning Glory. Yep, you know, we did Mike. that with the family just a couple of years ago. Yep, yep. Great, great priest. Good good friend of the of our show here. So consecration to Mary reaffirms, and I'll just give you a, a little summary of that. Why do you consecrate your life to Mary? Because it's tied into your baptism. Really, any consecration is tied into your baptism. And I would just encourage you, the book called True Devotion, it's all over the place. We got it on cassette I, or on mm -hmm. recordings. Uh, that's one way place. Or go to marytown.org in Libertyville, Illinois for St. Maximilian Colby. But the bottom line is, is true devotion to Mary is essential in salvation. Did you hear that? I mean, it, mm -hmm. I mean, yes, they can be saved outside the church. It's possible. But, you know, why have an exception? Why not go the route that God designed? I just think that that's the key with our Catholic right. faith. He instituted right. yeah, well, that's it. The I thing. didn't. It, uh, the fact that it's that it's you know conceivable, yeah. that it's theoretically possible yeah. to be saved yeah. um, outside the visible confines of the church doesn't mean you ignore the ordinary way that God set up. Amen. And in fact, it's only through that's right that order. You know, nobody nobody goes to the saved. Father except through Christ. That's, period. That's right. You know, even if they do it obliquely, they're still doing it that way. And and it's Mary that brings us to Jesus. Amen. You know, uh, and I guess that's the that's maybe the way I would formulate it is that. He followed the commandments perfectly, one of which is honor your father and your mother. Or, and if we're yeah. going to imitate Christ, we have to honor his mother as well. And I can remember Scott Hahn saying that as a Protestant, that, hey, if I'm going to implement the Ten Commandments, honoring my father and my mother, the mother of Jesus, uh, yeah, um, she's, she's a special— You know, I remember Bishop Sheen talking to an Anglican priest saying about, you know, there's no difference between the Blessed Mother and my mother— 
And Bishop Sheen says, oh, really? There's a big difference between her sons. You're the son of your mother. The son of the Blessed Mother is named Jesus Christ. That's the difference, buddy. So I, Amen. I, you know, I think that that's a nice way of ending the show. Matt, Christian, I want to th <laughs> thank you, first of all, for stepping up to the plate for filling in for Jess here on this Monday. Um, Matt, again, just a quick note before we ask you this question that I asked Jesse. Your show, No Nonsense Catholicism, uh, every Wednesday, right after the Terry and Jesse show, mm -hmm. at the one that's coming up right after our show now is Charles Cologne's show. Uh, that I want to encourage people to get the app, which is the vmpr.org website. You can download a free app on your phone. And Matt, my final question to you is something that is ultimately, it's everything. What state should we be living in, brother? That would be the state of grace, Terry. Yeah, not the state of Arizona or... California. State of California, no, no, and no. most definitely not the state of mortal sin. Exactly, and how do we stay in that state? Really, is staying close to the sacraments. I would encourage mm -hmm. you if you haven't gone to confession for this Lenten season right now, uh, go. Yes, and also we have the three days here at our chapel. If you're in Southern California, the Opus Angelorum, the work of the Holy Angel Priest. Two priests are here. As a matter of fact, I'd give you something that will blow you away. The priest who taught Bishop Athanasius Snyder in the seminary. All right is here, Father William Wagner. Wow. And he's going to be on the Bishop Strickland Hour for next week because we're going to pre-record it later today. Now, he's going to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right now, as we speak, for a evenings of Lenten spirituality. We'll have Mass, Confession, Rosary, Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So today, the 20th of March, the 21st and 22nd, come to the Sacred Heart Chapel at 5.30 each evening and be fed with a Lenten season on the work of the holy angels. Uh, Matt, this hour went quick, but they all do when we're on talking about Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Oh, yeah, the price of the conference is free these three days here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. I forgot to say that. Important. Join us. I'll be here. We'll have our books. We'll have you know material on the work of the angels. Remember, the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too low, too high. You know? <laughs> Put them to work. Learn how to <laughs> learn how to collaborate with your guardian angel. And I might even add your consecration to your guardian angel. We'll talk about that here for the tomorrow, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday here at the historic Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. Call me if you want to come, 661-972-7872. I'd like to talk with you about your guardian angel. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Up next, Charles Cologne. Stay with us. Thanks, Matt. God love you.